2: Hello, and welcome to Economist Radio. I'm John Fassman, bringing you a special edition of Tasting Menu, a piece from our Christmas double issue, from my favorite part of New York City, Queens. Queens isn't New York's biggest borough, that's Brooklyn. Nor its richest, Manhattan, of course. It doesn't have the tough and storied reputation of the Bronx, or Staten Island's sense of apartness. In a sense, it is New York's least known, most overlooked, and least defined borough. But within its borders, it has the vibrancy of the entire world.
1: If you bring a miniature of the United Nations, it's Queens.
0: I love it!
2: (laughs) Few places on Earth can boast such religious, ethnic, linguistic and cultural diversity. Perhaps in no other place does it work so well. Residents hail from more than 190 countries and speak about 160 languages. Nearly half were born abroad. This is a land of opportunity, if not the whole America, but particularly this Queens.
0: It's a constant struggle for the different communities, but we keep trying. (laughs) And food is always a big draw here.
2: (laughs) To wander the streets of Queens is to walk through what has always made America great. Since the 17th century, when Queens first became a county, the area has flourished, thanks to refugees and immigrants. My own great-grandparents fled pogroms in their village, on the border between Poland and Ukraine, in the early 20th century. They wound up in Queens. It was our first step off the boat, just as it has been for millions of other Americans. Their stories, my family's and others, began my fascination with Queens and its people, and on a wintry, grey day, I went to meet some of them. Okay. Thank you.
1: <laughs> this is my store. That's, That's that your <laughs> store.
2: I'm doing a radio program at Queens. Do you want to talk about your store?
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah?
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's your name?
1: chun Kim.
2: And where do you come from originally? Korean. How long have you been here in Queens?
1: Um, 37 years old.
2: And tell me about your store. What do you sell?
1: Uh, everything. First time is um uh, hallmark and card shop and... Keep to shop. Nowadays a change this one the people change People is a lot of you know Spanish, a lot of the American people is living here. But nowadays change people, the Indian, Pakistan, Bangladesh, every but it changes. That's why <laughs> you know, this I change it stories is uh, make a change. There's a business.
2: And so you change with the neighborhood.
1: Yeah. Nowadays Big difference.
2: Do you like living in Queens?
0: I love it. <laughs> really.
2: <laughs> we are standing on the corner of 80th Street and Roosevelt Avenue. And Roosevelt Avenue is interesting because it runs essentially the length of Queens from uh, the industrial sector, of Queens, down past Woodside, around Long Island City, all the way up to Flushing, and it changes ethnicities almost block by block. So where we are now is the borderline of a large Mexican and Colombian area. Just south of us, the area turns South Asian, and north of us, the area turns Southeast Asian.
1: Tell me your name.
3: Mario Flores.
2: And tell me about your store.
3: My stories are uh, international. I got the old Central America, Mexico, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador.
2: So we are standing outside Gulshan Pharmacy. It's at the corner of Roosevelt Avenue and Broadway in Jackson Heights. And what drew me to this initially is. One moment. That's a Queen sound. What drew me to the place initially is there's a sign out front that advertises the pharmacy's name with writing in Bengali. And underneath it, it says, we speak in Bengali, English, Hindi, Nepali, and Spanish. And I felt like this is a very Jackson Heights pharmacy.
0: Uh, Shamim Jubaida. Right now, we are 7321 Broadway, Gulshan Pharmacy. How Mm -hmm. long have you guys been here? Actually, almost now seven months. Seven Seven months. And what
2: drew you to Queens?
0: Queens, actually, we love this place to stay, you know. It's Why? a fun place for us because it's our culture. You know, everything is like close to us, our neighbors. We enjoy here.
2: Of course, most people come to Queens for the same reason migrants move to any spot, because some people they know or their family knows already live there.
3: This is sandalwood. It's come from Mysore. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice wood. Uh, smells very good. This is usually we use for prayers. And also we make a paste and apply on the skin. Shaswat Batala runs Batala
2: Emporium. It's an encyclopedic store of Indian traditional goods. The aisles are stacked high with herbal remedies and books in English, Hindi and Punjabi.
3: We opened up in 1991. So we are here life for like around 27 years. I'm from Gujarat.
2: And what made you choose to come to Queens?
3: Big Asian community on the, when we came here. It's very easy convenient for outsider to settle down in Queens. Especially in, nearby, everything you can have a subway. You don't need car. You don't need big houses. You know, small apartment. You can leave it. You can. That's what's the major concern over here.
2: And the street that we're on is mostly Indian shops now. Is it this way when you got here, or has it changed over time?
3: When we came here, half was American market. There's a big store like Rock Bottom over here. Then the Woolworth was here. So many couple of diners were here. I'm talking about 1995, 96. But later on, rent become very high over here. So mostly American business, they move from here to nearby locations. Indian people came here. Mostly we'll see clothing stores, jewelry stores, and those kind of stores.
2: Do you like Queens? What do you think of it? Yes. What do you like about it? A
3: lot of good people from different countries. They exchange their culture. I like that much. much and people that. get along. Oh yeah, obviously. A lot yeah. of people come to our store. So many from different countries. That's why we exchange our culture.
2: This exchange works both ways. Ashraf Al-Hashan is a presenter for Rose TV, a Bangladeshi channel with a studio in Queens.
1: If you bring a miniature of United Nations, here you have all the languages, beliefs, faiths, colors. It's Queens. And we are proud to be here. Particularly Bangladeshis are doing very good. And it's huge in Queens and they're spreading. They come here, step here first. They do whatever jobs. They make something. They go to schools, try to, you know, develop themselves, enrich themselves with the information and the Western cultures that, you know, we first we get some shocks, but then we try to make it. They a land of opportunity, if not the whole America, but definitely it's New York, particularly this Queens. And we are doing really good with all of you.
2: Almost everyone I spoke to enthused about their home borough and the lives it had let them build. But the United Nations of Queens posed its own challenge.
0: I never wanted to go into politics, uh, that's for sure for most. Of
2: Grace Meng has just been elected to her fourth term in Congress. Her district covers much of Queens. She told me about the challenges of representing a district so different to America as a whole.
0: It has a very diverse array of ideas, including political uh, viewpoints. So I have a lot of, we'll call them EDs or precincts, right, Mm -hmm. that voted heavily for Donald Trump, and a lot who voted the other way. Any given day, people can be calling about concerns with immigration issues of their relatives who might be undocumented and are dreamers, uh, to people who feel that uh, there are too many minorities living around them in in Queens and what can we do about the takeover of the neighborhoods? Do you really so, get those calls? Well, yeah, yeah. And you can just look at our Facebook comments. <laughs>
2: what do you say so, when someone calls and says something like
0: I that? mean, honestly, it's my staff that we politely, we represent everyone regardless of their political viewpoints. We don't believe there's an active takeover going on. But beyond that, we we tell all our staff, you know, just you know, respect everyone's opinion. We write it down. So yeah, we get everything.
2: Congresswoman Meng was born in Elmhurst, Corona. Today, it is one of the most diverse neighborhoods in Queens. But in 1960, it was 98% white. The anxieties of long-term residents at the changes in their neighborhood and the rest of the country were embodied by one of the borough's most famous fictional residents, Archie Bunker, the bombastic blue-collar patriarch of the sitcom All in the Family.
1: History lesson. You don't know nothing about Lady Liberty standing there in a the hop with her torch on high. Screaming out to all the wall of nations in a while. Send me your poor, your deadbeats, your filthy. <laughs> That's what makes America great, buddy.
0: I mean, racial tension. I, I don't want to say it's it's you know in any serious um, shape or form locally, but but there is, and it's part of our responsibility to try to bring people together. I think even when I first ran for Congress, actually, I remember at one of my debates, and this was one of those debates where you have like 20 different candidates from three different races, you know, not super deep and substantive, one and a half minute tops. And afterwards, someone ran up to me and with tears in her eyes, said that she was so proud of me and that she was um, so glad that she came to meet me and I was so eloquent. And I was really, I said, oh, I'm surprised. I really didn't say that much today. And she said, I didn't know you spoke English. (laughs) So this was in Glendale, Ridgewood, Queens. Um, So, you know, that is just one sort of funny example, but one example of how people view a lot of their neighbors like me and still think of them as foreigners, not truly American. You know, I'm not someone that people thought of as... Someone who would look like they're a congressperson, even in my head, I realized quickly you know, your first inclination is let's talk about what we have in common with each other so you'll like me and you'll want to vote for me. But oftentimes I realize like our backgrounds might not have much in common. And so I quickly came to the conclusion that I was just going to tell my life story about how I was brought up, what my family's like, and then realize. Um, in a in a different way that people, even though they had different backgrounds from me, were able to find like common themes with our lives and try to build bridges like that. And that's it's a constant struggle yeah. for the different communities. Um, we have many differing viewpoints in the district, but we we keep trying. <laughs> and food is always a big draw here. <laughs> they might not know Queens, right. but they're like, we heard there are homemade dumplings there.
2: But it is not only human migrants who are drawn to Queens. Across Jamaica Bay from JFK Airport, on the borough's southern edge, a more ancient migration is taking place.
1: Wow, quite a few swans. It's actually uh, not native. It's called a a mute swan. Look at that one displaying there. That's probably the male in the back. his Wings out, displaying.
2: Don Reepy spent decades as head ranger at the Jamaica Bay Wildlife Refuge. It's part of a 9,000-acre national park, the only one in America located entirely within a city.
1: This is the East Pond. This is the bigger of the two ponds. This one's about 117 acres. It was dug out to create bedding for the, the train tracks there. So the A train comes out to the Rockaways. That used to be a Long Island Railroad line. But this whole park was created because of that, that Robert Moses, Insisted that for some reason they create this refuge if they were going to dredge the bay for bedding for the track. So the story goes.
2: Once past the gatehouse, on raised paths through the tall grass, the sounds and smells of urban life vanish quickly.
1: You'd be surprised at what we see here in New York City, and this is New York City. So, you know, we, things like bald eagles, peregrine falcons, barn owls. Ospreys, they're all here, you know. And I always tell people you can see more wildlife in New York City than if you go up to the Adirondacks or someplace where they're, you know, that's a huge area where everything's scattered out, but here it's concentrated. And we're right along a migratory flyway called the Atlantic Migratory Flyway. There's also the Hudson River Flyway. So on good days, you know, you get thousands of birds coming through. And we have a lot of invasive species here. When I first worked here, we went out and we were trying to control Virginia creeper, which is actually a native plant, from taking over the plants. And now I hardly see Virginia creeper, but it's been taken over by Asian bittersweet, which is a lot more aggressive, and you know climbs up on all the trees and shrubs and great crowds them out. But it does have value. You know, Birds and, and small mammals will eat the seeds. And it, I mean, who knows initially how they'll get it. A lot of it has to do with trade, you know, coming on ships and, and then getting, in, getting a foothold in the environment. And once birds start eating the seeds and they fly to another spot, you know, that's the plant's uh, way of propagating itself. Now, there's the salt marsh. There's what the, the area looked like, you know, thousands of years ago is all that big uh, brown grass over there in the summertime is is bright emerald green. That's all Spartina grass. And that's the lifeblood of the marsh here. It's home for wildlife, it's a refuge, but it's also a refuge for people. So people that need to get away from the throngs and the maddening crowds. Ooh,
2: oh, here comes Canada geese. The bays, salt marshes, woods, and ponds draw the area's oldest migrants, geese, oyster catchers, warblers, plovers, egrets, herons. They all pause in Queens on their way north or south. It's an ecosystem defined by flow, not stasis. And above them occasionally an aircraft comes into land, carrying a new family looking for a new life elsewhere in Queens. That's the end of this special edition of Tasting Menu. But our Christmas double issue is full of many other unexpected treasures, and you can find them all on newsstands and online at Economist.com. I'm John Fastman. But I'll give the last word to Don Reapy, Guardian of Jamaica Bay.
1: From Queens, this is The Economist.
2: <laughs>
1: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall.